Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Congratulations to the Kings Summer League Champions. Two years in a row. (laughs) That is something. Did you see... Did you see the uh, the Kings blog that made shirts that say this is Rangs <laughs> and it has their two <laughs> summer league championship banners? That is good. I kind of actually get one. really. I really want one. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is great. Good for the Kings. You know, you got to win something sometime, right? So that's uh, that's great for the great for the Kings. That's great. Hey, I will uh, say though, like. If there was, I know you're not supposed to take anything away from Summer League, but if I was going to take something away from Summer League in terms of like a player changing my mind about them, I, I think Davion mm-hmm. Mitchell would be like close to the top. Because now yeah, all yeah. of a sudden I'm like much more excited about that choice for them. Just seeing the way, it, like all the different people he can guard. Like I, I'm kind of excited about their three guard lineup with Halliburton and Fox now. He, he can. He looked great in summer league. Like he legitimately looked great and was the best defender in summer league. And it wasn't very close. He he popped as a defender, which like rarely do guys do that. Uh, even like really good defenders, like rarely just like pop as a defender. Yeah. You like watch him, you're like oh, like guys can't do much against him. Which was it was cool. It was really cool to watch. And he's he's small. Like he's definitely small, but. He can use his first step and, you know, pretty good passer. And if he's just kind of like this auxiliary piece next to those other two guys, like, like why not? Like, you're not trying to win the title or anything this year. Like, right. you're just, like, trying to be fun and frisky, right? So just, uh, they're, they're definitely going to be way more. I mean, they were, like, the, one of the worst defensive teams in, like, the history of the sport last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Uh a lot of people commenting on last week's pod out. What one thing that I love about last week's pod is that it will it can forever be known as the Thursday pod, right? Oh, that's like we true. can just call yeah. we can just call it the Thursday pod from now on. You can just blame it on that. <laughs> just refer to it as the Thursday pod. So um contrary to what may, people may believe, Alex and I actually had like a great time doing that pod. And it was, I think it was like really fun and like a worthwhile show to do because I do think that it kind of gives like the full circle view of like everything. Like it encapsulates everything that everybody's thinking and feeling. So, um, also, it's, it's like cool. I'm it's realizing that I usually do these pods at like, you know, 6 30 to 7 30 a.m. And I just have like, mm-hmm. I'm just in a different headspace at that time. If you, if, yeah. you, if you catch me at noon, like, good luck, you know? <laughs> 
Who kn- who knows who will come out? <laughs> who knows? Oh man, let's go to the stream real quick before we get started. So our topic today is development and specifically ranking the order of importance with regards to development for uh, the players on the Thunder. So should be a fun little pod uh, in the stream. Mike McG is here, but couldn't stick around. We have Joel Angel in Antarctica. Oh my goodness. He said he had to church in from Antarctica one more time. Thanks so much for doing that. Uh, Will Palittle wants me to say that OU sucks. I don't really know why. I don't know what's going on there. But OU sucks. Uh, Miguel Devella is here. Brian Wright, Patrick Shannon, Liam Shea, Dylan Walker, Hoopstock69 as always, Falk from Denmark. Jay Smooth is here. Uh, Zach Schultz Soso is here um, from Tempe. Uh, Phil Zoff, a uh, little bit, is here. What's up? Kai Buster Nakamoto is here. Al, did you let me back in the group chat? Is his question. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to delete someone from a group chat. <laughs> In fact, we, uh, had, John, I, we had that issue yeah. with a separate friend group, and I could have deleted them, I guess, and I just had to start, I just started a new one with different people. Oh. <laughs> it's just way easier. Uh, John Paris and Broken Arrow, Tyler Field. Soso says that, uh, Andrew, your commitment to your craft has inspired me to start the road of changing my career to something I am much more passionate about. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, my career path has been a, a wild and weird one, and I am really glad to be where I'm at. So yeah, uh, go for it. You can do it. Um, Zodic Bars Gaming from Bethany. What's up? Jacob Williams is here. Shrias uh, Shri is here. Uh, and I think that's it. Nathan Creamer and Sense and Rose27 from Lexington. Thanks so much for joining. Al, let's talk development because this will be the first of many development conversations that we have because that's what this season is all about. It's taking the players that we have and molding them into players that will hopefully be one day a part of a good Thunder team. And uh, this this Thunder team will not be a good Thunder team. They could be a fun and frisky Thunder team, but they won't be good. So... I thought it would be good to rank the players in order of importance of development. Uh, you want to start at the bottom and work our way up. Well, how do you want to do it? First, I want to start about. I want to start by talking about some criteria. Yeah. Because sure. when I initially was thinking about this, I really was just thinking about ceiling. Like, yeah. which which of these guys do I think have the biggest ceiling? Because those are the guys that I want to give developmental time to. Which. When we talk about developmental time, we're really just talking about minutes, basically, because that's all we get to see. Obviously, a ton of development happens off the court that we don't know what that looks like. But we can at least see like, oh, they gave this guy 25 minutes a night. They're really invested in him in a way that, you know, you know, like for last year, like guys like Charlie Brown and Josh Hall, who were only getting like spot minutes for most of the season, obviously... For the Thunder, they weren't high on their developmental priority list. Uh, so ceiling, obviously, is still a big one. But then also age is important. Uh, position, I think, is important just because of like logistics. Like You can only play so many guards so many sure. minutes this season. 
And yeah. on the flip side, yeah. like there's a lot of minutes potentially for the young big men on the team. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was the time until contract decision. Mm. Are you there, Andrew? Oh, there you are. Yeah. You're back. I'm here. Uh, time yeah, yeah. until contract decision. Because like if you have to decide on a guy by next summer, then you kind of want to like make sure you know this year. You know, and that, that'll yeah. come up for two guys in particular that I bumped up maybe higher than you might normally think. So yeah. I separated my ranking into tiers because that's what you do when you're smart now. Because then <laughs> you say then it's not a you, ranking. It's a right. tier. It's not a ranking, it's a tier system. And you can if you want to argue within a tier that it should be reordered, fine. The whole reason I put them in a tier is because I view them basically the same. You know, it gets me off the hook a little bit. No skin off my back if you think that these guys should be ranked differently because it's not a ranking. It's not a ranking. I think it's it's a hilarious way to do it. And like Seth Part now legitimately gets frustrated about it because he he did his tiers, his player tiers. And he if you call it a ranking, he gets upset. But the truth is, kind of a ranking. Like <laughs> Well, it it is a ranking because I did rank them within the <laughs> tiers, but it is, I, yeah, I, I yeah. do think it's helpful oh, I, because there is like a difference between certain players on this team. So I'll just like just to give you an example. I'll, let's start at the top. My tier one yeah. was three guys. Yeah, you yeah. know who they are: Shea, Poku, and yeah. Giddy. And I ranked them that way. Boom. I'm saying yeah. if you if you wanted to put Giddy ahead of Poku, I really wouldn't have like a big issue with it. Like whatever. Like I I, I could see mm-hmm. the argument. For that, I mean, he's a much higher pick. So, I mean, he's a sixth pick in the draft. Obviously, he's coming into the league with like more prestige than Poku was. But mm-hmm. that's where I would have it right now. I put Poku ahead of Giddy for right now just because <laughs> I still feel like the upside is limitless. Limitless. It could be anything, I know. Andrew. I know. I wrote, I actually wrote a piece. Zach Harper and I are like, co-writing a piece about the thunder i don't actually know when it will be out and like one of the questions is about poku and like the question is like can poku be the number two guy on this team next year and one an impossible question to answer right yeah. <laughs> like, like absolutely impossible because i mean you go and look at his stat line from last year and you just think to yourself absolutely no chance he can be that. But then you go back and, and watch some of the stuff that he did and even go back and I watch like a bunch of the Clippers game and you're just like, huh, maybe he can. Like maybe this is possible. because And a lot of it will depend on like how much stronger did he get in the offseason. And like I know that he is like extremely dedicated to the game of basketball and it's something that he wants to be great at, uh, which is like a great first step for him. You know, like there are players that obviously like every player wants to be great, but not every player will put in like the work needed. And I think that Poku is at least putting the work in that's necessary to become uh, like the best version of himself. But it doesn't, even if you do that, it doesn't always work. So uh, I'm intrigued and I do have like a, a conclusion in in the article that I wrote, but obviously I still just don't really know. But he's just so he's just so intriguing, so interesting. 
Well, and, and it's, so, so much of this will depend on strength. And what is uh, so exciting is that a lot of his good basketball last year, or <laughs> better than bad basketball, was played without Shea because yeah. Shea was hurt by yeah. that point. So mm-hmm. it's just exciting to think that Poku's about to get all this developmental time with Shea specifically um, because I, I think that will help him a lot as well. Because, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of that season – you know, they were running a lot of point poku, like, let's just see what he can do. There's a lot of mm-hmm. other things he could potentially do in a functional offense with someone like Shea. And so I'm I'm, ex- yep. I'm really excited for that. So w- would that be your top three as well? Those are my three, and my ranking within the three is Poku, SGA, Giddy. Wow, Poku over SGA. And again, this is developmental. It's not like saying this one's better than the other. It's not. Yeah, yeah. it's not better than the other. I just think, one, SGA has already reached a, a level and is doing things where you're like, okay, like if he even just stays here right, and the team true. gets better around him, he will reasonably be an all-star, like at right. least once. You know, like he's there. And I think that he can get better. I mean, he's number two. Like it's not like he's like number five on my list of like where he needs to be developed. But Poku's ceiling is does feel limitless in a way. And he feels like one of these European players, a little bit like Jokic, not like they're the same player, but that they have such a weird, unique skill set. And if they can become the ultimate version of themselves they could be one of the best players in the nba like you could see that happening with him and so to me like the development for him is just so important and the fact that the thunder held him back out of summer league and wanted to prioritize his body and a specific plan that they have for him like shows like how important it is to them because they could have just been like yeah whatever i mean if this were like a team like the kings or somebody like that it would have just been like hey do your thing. Make sure that you like work with a trainer. Come into summer league and play. I think for a lot of teams, he would have just played summer league. But the Thunder are like they have him like under the microscope with his development, and they want to make sure that things like step by step are being done correctly for him to be successful. So uh, I think that he is number one just for that reason alone, and he's like the total wild card in this Thunder path back to being a good team again. Like he is like the he's the biggest wild card in all of this because if he somehow hits and you maybe hit in next year's draft, then you're just not as far away as it feels right now, you know, from right. being a good team. So I just think that he is incredibly important to this franchise. And the truth is, like in two years, he could be like number twelve on this list. <laughs> like that's certainly possible where it's like, oh no. Like it's just not oh, gonna work no. for him. Like, <laughs> oh, no. You know? Or or he could be the best player on this team. Like there are just so many outcomes. Like the range of outcomes is so wide with him that it's just like, okay, let's let's just see if we can knock it out of the park kind of thing. Yeah. If he's the best player on the team in a couple of years, something either went very right or very wrong. Or very, very wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> uh, we, uh, and then Giddy's number three, just just because of the fact one, he's He's also got a really weird skill set of being six foot nine, and like he is legitimately that tall. Um, and then the fact that they took him sixth—you know—he's their highest draft pick to date on this team. So yeah. that's—he's got to be up there just because of that fact. And you know, maybe he would have been in a different. I mean, I don't actually probably wouldn't have been, but 
we would have a lot more to say about him had we seen more than five minutes and 16 seconds of him in summer league. Right. Uh, which was very, very disappointing. But Okay, so we have the same top three, slightly different order. So the tier two yep. is where I think we'll probably branch away from each other. We'll see, though. So I okay. only have two guys in my tier two, and uh-huh. it is Dort and Baisley. And oh. this, the reason why I put these two so high, I mean, Dort, everyone basically understands. And I think a lot of people would understand Baisley, too. I think there's still a lot of people that are really high on Baisley. But this comes down to the time until contract decision. Because mm-hmm. Dort only has two years left. Like, it's this year and next year. And then he could theoretically yep. be an unrestricted free agent. Now, I don't mm-hmm. think that would happen because I think the Thunder would like to extend him at some point. But again, like that's a decision mm-hmm. you have to make in the next you know, 12 to 16 months. And so you really want to know how much you want to extend Lou Dort for. And so obviously he's going to get a ton of time this year. He's one of the best players on the team. But that's why I put him this high because I really want to see like what level can he get to before the Thunder commit to him. And what does committing to him look like in terms of contract number? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Marcus Smart just signed a very nice deal for him. And people immediately started comparing that to Dort. And like, will Dort get something like that? And I think there's a scenario where he plays well enough where like they feel forced to or they feel like he's going to get that on the open market if we let him get there. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think there's a scenario where he's making more like in the 12 to $15 million range, depending on what happens this season. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Um, but if you had to pay him more, I don't think it would be that big of a deal because I do think he's like legitimately good. Right. So. And then same with Bayes. So Bayes would be up for a rookie extension deal next summer if they wanted to. Now, mm-hmm. we've talked about before, like they typically in the past have not liked guys to get to restricted free agency. Which is why I put him higher on this list because you know we've seen Bays now for two years. This is his third season. Like, yeah, it feels like a make or break season for Bays for me because of that yeah. the fact that they don't like guys getting to restricted free agency. They're going to have the opportunity to extend him next summer, so they really have to figure mm-hmm. out what they want to do with Bays long term this season. Mm-hmm. And and it's yeah. a great opportunity for him they to do. get a ton of minutes as well. So he, I mean, he should get continue to get a lot of minutes. Yeah, although he's got more competition this year, also depending on some player decisions and stuff like that. Like he'll have more competition. Like he won't. Like I feel like last year he was just handed a bunch of minutes. I don't. I don't know if it's the same for him this year. Like he's got to earn them, which I think is important for him to be able to come in and be in his third year and earn all of those minutes. I think is would be a very important step for him. So I have my. Th- my th- I have basically four tiers. One is like star potential tier, which is the one that we went through first. Two is like solid starter. Like let's, can they become like a really good starter in the league? Three is like role player slash friend starter type of guy. And then fourth is just like you're a vet and you're either just a really nice guy or you probably won't be on the team for like super long nice kind guy. of thing. Um, nice, nice guy tier. So my starter tier is a little, is different than yours. I have three guys in it. Uh, I have Dort in it. I have Trey Mann in it and I have Ty Jerome in this tier. Um, because so Dort, we've already covered like obviously an elite defender needs to become a better shooter, needs to hone his offensive game this season. 
which will be a very important step for him developmentally. And then I have Trey Mann and Ty Jerome in there just because the way that both of them can shoot off the dribble is really, really important and a skill that I think would could mesh really well with this group. And just their shooting in general is going to be incredibly important. And they that's a skill that they have that the rest of the guys really don't. And to me, the, the pull-up three, the ability to hit a spot-up three has become more and more and more important in the NBA. And both those guys have that in their bag. And can they do it at an elite level in the NBA, I think is the question. And uh, Ty Jerome had a great season last year for the Thunder. Probably underrated just be, just because he did it mostly when they were terrible. Um, but I think that there's with either one of them, and I don't know necessarily that they could start on this team, but they could come off the bench and play a lot of minutes for this team potentially down the road. Um, and so to me, that's where I would, that's where I stand with, with that group. Yeah. So, so you, you're looking at it more as like, this is who you would prioritize minutes for. It sounds like. Yeah. I prioritize minutes and, and just those two types of players, like the Trey man, Ty Jerome are, are guys that I think that the thunder have always looked for and have always not been able to hit on yeah. uh, from the guard spot. And I think both of them have a legitimate chance to, to do it, to, to get there. And just to have a guy, I mean, look at, like, look at how important Seth Curry is uh, to the Sixers. Yeah, for and in sure. the NBA, I mean, the conversations that are being had amongst Sixers fans and Sixers podcasts and even Sixers beat writers with like a potential trade with the Blazers is, and that not it's um, trying to get CJ like a CJ for Ben Simmons is how much better is CJ than Seth Curry? Is <laughs> the question right. that a lot yeah. of them are asking themselves, and. I just find that to be very fascinating because I think the answer is like, he's a lot better than Seth Curry, but does he provide enough difference in value to them? Uh, I don't know. And I think that like Trey Mann and Ty Jerome uh, show the ability to be that type of player, you know, especially Ty Jerome, like Ty Jerome, Seth Curry is not a crazy comp for, you know, between the two of them, like both not huge guards, both, guys that can just really, really shoot it and can affect the game at that level. And I think Ty has at least the ability to may, maybe be a little bit better defensively than Seth, but neither of them are going to be great. But just the shooting can affect the game so much that like you just have to play him. Yeah, Ty also falls into the time until contract decision because he is in the same yeah. class as Bayes, and so he mm-hmm. theoretically would be eligible for a rookie extension next summer whether they decide to do that or not, I don't know. He, he's the, the, the toughest one for me to figure out. Like, I almost I almost wish we could, like, loan him out to a team where it, like, makes more sense. Because I, I, like, I really believe in Ty Jerome, and I feel like he's ready now in the same way that I feel about Dort. Yeah. But, I, but the difference is that mm-hmm. there are just so many guards on this team. I just I wonder if they really are going to prioritize Ty Jerome or not, even though I, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I think they're going to play. I think they're going to play a lot of guards. Like I just think yeah. that that's going to be the case. I mean, they kind of have to. Yeah, I think they will. I I don't I don't know. 
Um, um, and then a Trey Mann, just briefly, the ability to hit a three off the dribble, I think, is one of his the skills that uh, you look at and like that's like okay, that's the reason you draft him is the three off the dribble, and then the floater and finding his shot in the lane, like he's pretty crafty. He showed that the shot wasn't falling in his two summer league games, but you could see him get to his spots and. You know, just creation in general is such an important skill in the NBA because there's a – I mean, you look at the Suns at in their finals run and clearly, like, great players, like creators. You know, they have some creators, but I think they lacked really just kind of one more guy that could go and create his own shot. And that's an – it's just an important skill. And, you know, being drafted at 18, like, the likelihood of you becoming something is pretty small, but – I think it's a worthwhile investment in him, and I think he deserves to to play minutes. Hey, you know who was seventeen? Hmm. Poku. Poku. Oh yeah, Poku. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so that was your tier. You had a tier two, uh, starter tier. It's my tier two. So I'm down to tier three, and so I have four mm-hmm. guys in tier three. Again. Within a tier, if you want to argue one guy should be higher than the other, I'm cool with it because I basically look at these guys all the same. <laughs> this is where I came up with, I put within my tier three, Trey Mann, Jeremiah mm-hmm. Robinson Earl, yeah. Teo, and Ty Jerome. Now, okay. the Trey Mann being number one within that tier, basically what you were just talking about. I, I just feel like it's a combination of a, a needed skill on this team and a a much higher upside specifically for creation skills um, than than some of the other guys below. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, this is one where I moved him that high um, partly due to position because Mm -hmm. watching him in summer league, you start to get ideas like, okay, he maybe could play like a decent amount of minutes as a small ball center. And all of a sudden that completely changes his trajectory because he has way more minutes available for him if he really is able to do that. And so I think there's a scenario, depending on what happens with Derek Favors, like I don't I don't see Mike Muscala as an obstacle to JRE getting minutes, but I do kind of see Derek mm-hmm. Favors in that way. Um, if something happens with Derek Favors and they're able to move him, I could see JRE playing like a majority of the center minutes for, <laughs> for this season. And that'd be awesome for him. Like that'd be a ton of developmental time. And so that's why I put him higher just because of that position. And then I had Teo and Ty Jerome, which I felt Mm -hmm. like it was a concession to put Ty Jerome below Teo because I know I have been branded as the Teo hater. But I also know that a lot of people (laughs) would would put Teo a lot higher on this entire rankings. Um, Yeah, yeah. Which which I would get. I mean... I was actually impressed. I was looking at uh, his summer league stats because he had that one game where mm-hmm. he was like 0 of 7 from 3. The fact that he yes. ended up at 35.7% from 3 is actually kind of impressive knowing that he had a game yeah. that terrible. Um, because yeah. that's that's going to be his swing skill. Like if, if Teo is yes. able to hit threes, it changes a lot for him because then he could play kind of in that Ty Jerome role as well. Um, mm-hmm. As it is right now, like he, he just did not have a good shooting season last season. We'll see what happens this season. He's clearly willing to take them, which I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Because there are other guys, mm-hmm. you know, Thunder Twitter blowing up about Josh Hall because he got such an amazing dunk, which like, great. But did you know that he only took one three per game in the summer league? 
Like one three. Come on. What else are we doing? Like, what is the scenario where Josh Hall is going to be a successful NBA player without a shot? There's not one. There's not one. There's not. And he's not even willing to take them. He's taken one per game in the summer league. Yeah, I'm out on Josh Hall. I just he's I don't he just doesn't have and this is this will be something I'll talk about with some guys in this tier. Like I don't like what does Josh Hall do that's like elite? Like what's the skill? You know? Yeah, I mean like I he guess he does it, like little bit little bits of everything, like a little bit of defense, like a little bit of creation, like a little bit off the dribble, little bit of shooting, but like it's just, there's just not enough of any of it. There's not enough substance. Right. And any of it to make you say like, okay, like there it is. Yeah. Like, with with like Trey Mann and Ty Jerome, it's like, okay, here's the here's like the two things they do right now. Great, great. We can put them on the floor because of those things. Yeah, like thinking about it in terms of role, like all those guys, Trey Mann, Teo, Ty Jerome, JRE, mm-hmm. like you can instantly think of what their role would be on a, a functional Oklahoma City Thunder yep. team. Josh Hall, yep. it's like, well, what is he? And I kind of feel the same way about Aaron Wiggins, um, but he's younger, and so, or he's, I don't even actually know if he's younger <laughs> than Josh Hall. He might not be, um, but he's newer. <laughs> yeah, he was a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm like willing brains. to to let that play out a little bit longer. But yeah, with a lot of these just like long guys that aren't really creators, you know, Josh Hall's not really a shooter. He clearly has some can put it together for some highlight plays, and those highlight plays are usually like either in transition or like getting to the rim in some way. So like that that is his skill. But when that's a guy's main skill, like there has to be something else for me to like really buy in. Wiggins is older. Wiggins is older. Okay, great. So that that's my tier three. So Trey Mann, Jerry, Teo, and Ty Jerome, all guys who I would okay. definitely want to give a lot of minutes to this next season everyone below this th- this is like kind of a break for me because at this point we've had nine players that's a lot mm-hmm. of guys to play night in night out those are the nine that i would like to see get the majority of the minutes on this team after this tier yeah. it drops off to me where now we're talking about like spot minutes or maybe this guy should go to the g league and get a lot of minutes or they're old yeah which guy, kind of like, which guy is going to pop kind of thing. Like, if one of those guys pops, like, we're in the money, kind of. And if none of them do, who cares, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my tier three, and I've actually, I had my tier three was a giant tier, but I think that you are more on the nose with it, that it needs to be separated. So I did separate it. So I have three guys in it. Um, this is my ranking within this. Teo, JRE, Baisley would be my ranking okay so those three those would be the so, same nine we had the same first nine it sounds like yeah same nine just different order yeah. uh i have teo there I, you can see solid a solid player there i just need to see like what is he elite at like i think that he has elite pace with the way he plays the game uh he's not hurried he knows how to run an offense you know like that's like it's a really good thing um, but is he ever a guy that you're going to, when the team is good, that you're going to want the ball in his hands a lot? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's going to be the case with him or not. So like you can see with, with that, like you see, okay, backup because of that, you know, right. because he doesn't have like elite creation skills, not an elite shooter not an elite passer. You know, he's like pretty good at all those things, but not like great at them. So 
I have I have him in this tier just because I see bench player in him, which is fine. Like you need bench guys, you need contributors, like you need top nine rotation players, and I think Teo can be that for a lot of reasons. So I have him there. I have JRE number two on this list uh, for kind of similar reasons that he sh- has shown like the ability to do like all the role player things you want a guy to do. Like he defends, he communicates on defense. He's got good hands. He's got good timing. He could be a good rebounder. He's not like going to be a great shot blocker, but he's at least somebody that'll stand guys up at the rim. Uh, and then he's shown the, he shot the ball pretty well in summer league and shown the, the willingness to take him. So like, that's great. Like if he can just be three and D like your modern small ball, like four or five, whatever he is, like great. Like you can see it. You watch him and you go, okay, great. I can see it. He can finish well around the basket. He's got good touch and just a really nice guy. Really, really sweet man. <laughs> um, so really glad that he's on this team. And then I have Baisley third because I'm just confused as to like what's the, like what's, what is he going to be? Yes, he's versatile. Yes, he can handle for a guy that's his size, and that's great, but he's not been a great shooter. He is not like an elite creator or like a good creator even. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just curious, like what is he? Like what, where does he fit? If, if this were a really good team, where does he fit? Like what, is, what, what, is, what does he do? Uh, which I think that this season, either he blows up and he shows shows like elite creation skills and can be like whoa like this guy really popped or it's hey we want you to be Trevor Ariza you know yeah like, we want you to we want you to take threes we want you to defend multiple positions and like that's what we want you to do and then you know when available attack a close out and make the right read whether that's pass it off or finish at the rim so I feel like he needs to be I don't like to box in young players because he's still a really young player like he's not a finished product by any means but I just the last couple seasons have um, I guess I just haven't really seen what I wanted to see from him to to become like a starting level player in the NBA like I just well because he's got a ways to go to get there yeah so much of his development offensively has been driving to the rim like he he, especially when he came back in the second half of the season that was like the thing that we were all noticing like he is being way more aggressive than he ever was in the past which is great Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like I still would rather him shoot I would I would be way more interested in him if he shot 37 percent from three or whatever and if he becomes a shooter like all of a sudden everything else starts to fall into place because you can you can see more of a role for him. He almost had like that Poku thing where when he was first drafted, he really had this feeling of like he could be anything. And obviously when you think that, you're going to think about like the ceiling where Darius Baisley is like one like a primary creator on your team. Mm-hmm. And I don't think mm-hmm. I'm there anymore. I mean, he's right. still obviously super yeah. young. He's like 21, so he could, mm-hmm. you know, blow up this season. We'll see what happens. But if that's not going to be the case, then it's like, okay, I could definitely imagine him on the defensive side because we saw those flashes in his rookie season mm-hmm. where he was like legitimately good at defense. Mm-hmm. And then if he ever put that with a shot, now all of a sudden all those other things that we've been focusing on, like getting to the rim, 
they become kind of like secondary or tertiary traits for him on the offensive end where they're way more valuable because you're, you're not asking him yeah. to be that main guy. So I, I think there's a path there, but again, it all comes back to shooting. Like, he was terrible. I mean, historically bad last year from three. If he yeah. can bump that up this season and become a respectable shooter, completely changes his outlook and probably makes the Thunder more willing to do a long-term extension with him next summer. But if he goes through this season again and he's a sub-30% shooter from three, like I, I just don't know what you do with that player, even though he's really young. Like, Because at that point, you're... Can you hear my dog hacking? At that point... No. Okay, great. Um, at that point, you're you're having to like really invest in like a player that doesn't have a great shot, which has happened in the past. But again, you yeah. have to remember like this is why it's so crazy because right now, in terms of long term deals, like really long term deals, it's it's basically SGA, mm-hmm. and then we have all these rookies mm-hmm. that have like you know non guarantees, or you can get off of their deals at some point. When you start locking in like Dorton Bays, like all of a sudden, like you are locking in contract spots on this team knowing that you have all these other first round picks coming in so it's like do you really believe in bays that you want to not just give him developmental time now you want to give him a huge contract lock him in and you're also going to be potentially drafting a big guy next year so that's why this season is so big for him um yeah but yeah i i think it's nice that we have the exact same top nine and wouldn't you agree that after this nine there's like a there's a drop off like the guys oh, below here will get playing I, time, but in terms of developmental priorities, it's it's a different. We're talking oh, about it's different. a huge, yeah, it's a huge drop off. Like all the guys that, all the guys in this group are either like with Jared, like top thirty two guys drafted, right? Right. Was Tail like thirty four or whatever he is? Yeah. And then like Dort just like obviously popped enough to be a, a starter in the NBA, you know, and like played really good minutes in a game seven or first round series you know he's he's there yeah so yeah i like i'm disappointed in basley's progress so far but i still have him there just because i think that he can he still has a shot to get there he's got the talent to get there and so i'm intrigued to see what he looks like but i can see every i have everybody else above him just because i can see the path a little more clearly like the top three guys, yeah, like they've got tremendous talent. Like Dort, Trey Man, Ty Jerome, I can see the path a little bit easier. Yeah. Even with Teo and JRE, like they've got at least like role player skills. With Baisley, I still question like, okay, what's the skill? Like versatility. Well, versatility is not really a skill. It's like just, you know, an attribute of of him because of his size and agility. But like, is he really even that elite at that? Like, I don't know. So I just need to see it. I just need to see more. And some of that, he played better in the second half of the season too, so you, I'll give him room to do that. Like, Do you think like Jeremy Grant is a, a realistic comp in terms of like, that's like, path? That's like the but not, highest not level even, outcome. Not even like, don't think about Detroit Pistons Jeremy Grant. Just like Nuggets, yeah. OKC Thunder, Jeremy Grant. Like that role. That's high, high, high level outcome. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's like similar body types, similar athleticism. Yeah. High, high level outcome for him is what Jeremy did. But Jeremy showed more earlier on with the Thunder um, than Bays has so far. Well, I feel like. Especially as a defender. Right. Yeah. I feel like Jeremy, when he was here, it was like, we just want you to defend. And if this guy develops a shot, that'll be awesome. Um, But so much of his focus was defensively. 
Yeah. And and do you feel confident if you could like have had them change places on those teams that Baisley would have played the same amount of minutes that Jeremy did? Like I just don't feel like I don't feel I have the same level of confidence. Yeah, it is kind of oh okay, I'm looking now. So even in his first season Wow. Yeah, I, I, I kind of forgot that he got up to 39% from three, Jeremy did. But even in Jeremy? his first season, he was shooting yeah. 37.7% on super low attempts, but he was still already there. And then he dipped 291 and then went back up. Um, yeah. Okay, so I've, I've split the next group or all the rest of the guys into three tiers, Andrew. I have, I have to really drilling yeah, it down. So I, I did a separate <laughs> tier four. You could even call this four a four B four a Isaiah Roby and Aaron Wiggins, just because for, uh, for, yeah. for Roby, I've, I've already seen a little something. And so I would yeah. prioritize his minutes over the guys below him. Same with Aaron Wiggins. He's new, saw some things, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was pushing back against getting excited about Aaron Wiggins in summer league, but I will mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. that like, he popped more than like Josh Hall, Charlie Brown, uh, Jalen Horde, all those other guys ever did for me. Like I noticed Aaron Wiggins in a basketball game way more than I have for those yeah. other guys. Outside of like a yeah. random Josh Hall, really nice dunk. Like Aaron Wiggins, he stood out in a way that those guys never did for me last year. Of course, it, we're talking about summer league yeah. versus the NBA, but still. And then mm-hmm. in tier five, I would put like the Josh Hall, Charlie Brown. Vit Kretschy, which just throwing mm-hmm. him in there because you mentioned him earlier. I was like, oh, I don't have him. And then I guess Jalen so, Horde. I didn't knows? have Jalen Horde in here either. I know you just said on Twitter you were a Jalen Horde guy, potentially. A little bit. A little bit of a Horde guy over here. A little bit of a Horde guy. I can guy. actually see. I could see Horde moving into the next, to the tier above. Above like the Josh like, Horde. Or are you talking about into like the. Into like the Baisley. JRE Teo tier. Like it wouldn't shock me if he did. He just he does he's got toughness and versatility. Uh I don't know what he is as an offensive player, but I don't know. Like I can see the the defense stuff even a little bit more clearly than I do with Baisley. But Baisley's obviously like a way more versatile offensive player. Yeah. Um but yeah, he's he's still down there. Yeah, my my fourth tier, which is like Maybe somebody pops in this tier. Like maybe. And if not, like these are just end of bench. Like who cares if they do or don't pop? Like there's not a giant investment in any of these guys. It's Wiggins, Roby, Kretchy, Horde, and Hall. And obviously like Roby is like popped more than all those guys, but I wanna see similar to Baisley, like there's gonna be competition for those minutes and can Roby play over JRE? Can he play yeah. over Baisley? Like he could, he could win the spot over both those guys. Like that wouldn't, I wouldn't shock me. Uh, but I would, I'd probably put both those guys above him just to start the season, just because of where they, the like the the draft pick investment they have in them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I most likely all five of these guys in this fourth tier won't be in the league in like three years. You know, like that's probably the most likely outcome there. And maybe one or two of these guys will pop. And like Vit, like we just don't even know. Like, is he going to play in the NBA this year? Like, I have no idea. He hadn't signed a contract. I don't know. I know he's been working out here. He was with the team. He was very excited clapping on the bench a lot <laughs> for them. I don't know. And then my final tier, 
So if that was 4A, 4B for me. My final tier five, all the older guys. Derek Favors ranked him first because, you know, oh, he's probably going to nice. mi- get minutes and he's the guy that yeah. they maybe not necessarily want to develop, but they want to showcase. They want people to know that Derek Favors can still play basketball. So I put him he's first. Available. And yeah. then uh, yeah. Kenny Hustle. Gabriel Deck, who I don't even know if he's on the team, and then I put Mike Muscala. I don't think he is, okay. but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Mike Muscala. It's like what, what's left to develop yeah. here? He he just got a really nice contract for a guy of of his talents. Great, nice guy. You know what? Great. You guy. Hang out at the bottom of tier six. Doesn't matter. We love yeah. having you here. Yeah. Not yeah. not invested in your development at this point, but very invested in you. No, the person. Very invested in yeah. Mike. Yeah, this th- yeah third tier is like just you are what you are, and I I hope that two of you are traded this season, <laughs> kind of thing, because I think these are this is kind of your of everybody else like everybody else is young, everybody else is on some sort of developmental curve. These three are not, you know, these three are like NBA quality role players to a degree like Mascala probably less so than the other two but like Kenrich can help somebody oh yeah and I like him a lot I think that he and favors are and Mascala to a degree are all they're not like significant floor raisers but still like they're floor raisers to a degree because they're not going out there to try to figure out who they are like you can make the argument that everybody outside of SGA and Dort are going out there on the court to figure out who they are in the NBA. And there is a value in knowing who you are and what you do. And Kenrich knows what he is and knows what he does. Same for Muscala, same for Favors. And so, I, I mean, the threshold of what you could get, I mean, I think that they had offers for Kenrich at the trade deadline, which was maybe like one or two second rounders, and they didn't bite on that. I think they really like him. I think the coaching staff really likes him and likes his influence on these guys. Uh, Degnall talked about how tough he is, and so like maybe he's one of the staples of the locker room. And also the Thunder, I think, have made a commitment, and they did this even with the first team, is that they made a commitment to have – some veterans on on the roster that could help this team and make them better and more professional. And perhaps Kenrich and Mike Muscala are just going to be the guys to help them do that, you know, to bring a level of professionalism similar to what Hank would. If you're on the stream, you can see Hank bring just the level of professionalism just up a little bit to the pot. He loves talking ball. Uh, yeah, I think the concern, <laughs> like we, you talk about those three guys as floor raisers. You know, Muscala is definitely a floor raiser offensively, and that I'm not really worried about because the offense was so bad. Yeah. Like, I actually would appreciate that. The other two guys scare so me because they are definitely floor raisers defensively. Like, if you put out a starting lineup yes. that had Dort, Kenrich Williams, and Favors in it, like, that, that's probably going to be pretty good. Right, pretty good. <laughs> you have like Shea, is, put yeah. Shea and Bays with those guys. Like that's probably a pretty good defense, knowing Dignall's system yeah. and everything. Yeah. And that scares me. I don't think they start. I don't think they start those guys. Um, I'd be pretty surprised. Hey, yeah, I would hope somebody else invading right now. 
Actually, what do you think the starting yeah. lineup will be? I'm all, I'm starting to believe that Giddy will come off the bench and be and kind of run the second unit. Because yeah. I, I do think the only locked in guys are Shea and Dort. And then I think yeah. Poku is a pretty good bet. And I think they will start my two my my three year olds in here busting in. I th- I think they will start with favors, don't you think? If he's on the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. SGA Dort Giddy Poku favors is my prediction. That's your, see, I almost I almost think they'll start Bays and bring Giddy off the bench. That's it's very possible. I mean, that's partly a prediction just based on my own rankings and excitement level. You know, yeah, like what you would want to see, and also just the investment too. I think that it says something. I don't know. You're you're a really bad team. I mean, look, we looked at the Western Conference at the end of the pod last week. Like this is going to be a really bad team in the West. Yeah. And to me, if you pick a guy six, like you just have to start him. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is crazy to think that like a team this bad wouldn't have room to start the sixth overall pick. Like what? Are, I, that's why. That I'm, is that's, true. What are we doing at that point? Yeah, to me, it like shows the investment level that you have in them, you know, and the investment level is really high with Poku as well. You know, they traded to get him, you know, significant like assets, like a a nice player and Rubio and picks to get up there. Like that's, it's not an insignificant investment and they are pouring a ton of resources into him as well. So not that they aren't Baisley, but. I just think the level is different with Poku, so that's what I. I mean, if that's that's what I would do, and also it just kind of, I think Giddy. We talked about like the lack of like elite creation stuff with Baisley. Like Giddy's got like is already an elite passer at his size, and is an elite competitor. So I would, I don't know, like I would rather see them play together. I think it's more important to see like do Giddy SGA and Poku mesh at all like can you play those three together and what does that look like i think it's more important than like does basely mesh with them like i'm kind of like meh yeah it it is but on the on the flip side like that could be a horrible defensive team or sorry a horrible offensive team if like giddy and poku are still shooting in like the low 30s high 20s from three and then you have favors I mean, it could potentially just be brutal in terms of spacing for Shea. I think if you, you could make the argument that bringing Giddy off the bench helps him ease into it a little bit more, because he even said it in his press conference. Like, sure. I'm so much more – like, all of last year I just played on ball the entire time. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to develop yeah. my off-ball skills at some point. Um, and maybe starting him or putting him in the bench and letting him lead that unit kind of eases him into that a little bit more because he can be that guy for the bench. Mm-hmm. And then you start yeah. to play him at the end of quarters, like the end of the second half, the end of the game with Shea and see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think that that makes sense logically. Um, yeah, I could see that happening. I think there's a lot of things that they can do. And the good thing about this roster and these players and the personalities that are on the team is that I don't think that anybody's going to have a problem with wherever they're put in the rotation. Um so that's good. And I think like the top the it's going to be interesting. Like somebody's not going to play. Like one of like Roby or 
somebody's not going to play. Yeah, you, know, you can't play. You can't play thirteen guys. You know, and they're not going to play thirteen guys every night. I think they maybe play twelve guys every night. Which like our top nine: Poku, SGA, Giddy, Dort, Trayman, Ty Jerome, Teo, Jerry, Baisley, plus Kenrich, Muscala, Favors. Like there's twelve. Yeah. So like Wiggins, Roby, Vit, Horde, Hall. Like those are maybe. Like somebody's gonna be the odd man out, and maybe Roby isn't the odd man out. Maybe it's somebody else, you know. Yeah. Perhaps it's Mascala that's the odd man out, and Roby plays his minutes. Like I don't. And, know. And there still could be moves to come, because we Definitely. even though we feel like we know what's going on with Deck because of that report, like that still hasn't been confirmed yet. But that would at least clear up yeah. one spot. I mean, there's going to have to be spots cleared up regardless. Um, I think. Yeah. Based on the fact we've heard nothing about Vit, like we can kind of like. Think about him. You can put him on the. You, you can put him out of the rotation. Yeah, totally. or or like, like we just as know. like a blue candidate, which I feel that way about a lot of these guys. Like I would rather Aaron Wiggins yeah. play on the blue this season because he would get Definitely. way more minutes um, than trying to force him into this lineup. And man, I, I know I say this like every week, but it just gets you excited and nervous about like the future, knowing how many picks are coming, and knowing that you have to replace. A lot of these spots will be replaced with young guys, and that's that's why like Dort less so, but especially Bays. Like this is such a huge year for Bays because it is. I could see him not being on this team next year if it doesn't go great this season. I could also see him mm-hmm. like continuing what he did last year, but then developing a shot this year, and all of a sudden we're talking extension in the middle of the season um, for next summer. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. that that is exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is a weirdly important season for a lot of these guys. So, on a team that doesn't not going to do anything that like matters very much, it is like a weirdly important season for a lot of these guys. So there's still going to be there's going to be a lot of intrigue, I think, around this group. So, and then the top level guys, like I'm just excited to see them play and play together. Like Poku, SGA, Giddy, like we've never seen it. Like, what does it look like to have these like three guys that you know can be primary on ball players, but they're all like different shapes and sizes, and like <laughs> their games are all different. Like, what does it, what does that look like? Um, I think that they're intriguing. You know, that's that's a good thing about this team that you know they're they are going through a process here of like they're at least going to be. I think they have a lot of like fun characters on the team that are going to be fun to watch. So I was trying I'm to uh, forward to that. I was trying to figure out how many minutes. Poku has played with Shea thus far. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking through the stats as we speak, Andrew. How would how much how wow. many would you guess? How many would you guess, Andrew? Two hundred, three hundred, two hundred. I don't 200. know. Two hundred. What do what do people in the chat think? Send out your ideas. The answer <laughs> is one ninety six. Andrew, you're only four off. Wow. Wow, how about that? Jeez Louise. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. Let's see it. Let's see more of it. Get, we're going to see a lot of uh, it. Okay. Al, any anything else that you want to uh, share with anybody before we go? Uh, I've decided to get uh, seriously into the Premier League this year. I'm, I'm oh, getting you? up on Saturdays watching games. I picked a team. Uh, but if anyone out nice. there... What's your team? Well, so this was very hard to do because obviously you don't want to pick a really good team because then you're like cheating. Yeah. 
And I actually liked the idea of picking a team that has a chance to be relegated because I thought that would be yeah. exciting. But I don't want them to be like one yeah. of the, the most likely teams to be relegated. So I picked my yeah. team, Andrew. Brighton. Mm-hmm. Brighton. The Seagulls, Andrew. Brighton and Hove. Wow. Albion. Uh, I like them because uh, they have uh, a seagull as their logo. They have a really nice logo. <laughs> and they're a coast town, which is cool. <laughs> And so I've been watching the. I already got jerseys coming in the mail for myself. Nice, nice. But anyways, if anyone out there has a recommendations for podcasts, because there's so many out there, and I don't know which are good. So if anyone has any Premier League podcasts, uh, let me know. The the Athletics got some. I've actually um, so Premier League stuff. Yeah, they. I've been very impressed with their coverage. Tifo, you've been watching any Tifo videos? What is Tifo? Extremely. They're like, they make these videos for us and they are extremely popular. Really? Extremely popular. Yes. About about the like Premier League? The, big, the Athletic UK, the Athletic UK YouTube page is like huge, massive, Well, like I, terrifyingly huge. Yeah, well, I was, I, I like, of course I choose this like team that I guess compared to the other teams is like relatively small. But I went on the athletic and it's like, nope, they have a beat writer for them and they have like their own page. Yeah. It's like, okay, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the cool things that the athletic does if you aren't aware and you can get it all for the three ninety nine a month if you go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk is like you get all this stuff and it's great. Oh, it, it's a, it's um, an insane deal once you start getting into more sports because like I'm into fantasy football as well. And so like Jake yeah. Seeley is one of the best guys in the business and you get all of his rankings and everything through the athletic yep so yeah once you like yep. like two or three sports the athletic is a no-brainer uh these ask ornstein videos are just like wildly popular ask ornstein on on you are wildly popular on youtube so okay yeah david ornstein he does a show that's yeah that's he he'll be the guy. Check him out. He'll be the guy. We should have him on. Compare Premier League teams to Thunder players. <laughs> hey, David Ornstein. There'd be like ten people who'd be into what's that. Your, what's, <laughs> what's your what's your Jalen Horde take? Ornstein. Yeah, the uh, yeah. There's there's no way. There's probably like four people that would be like very into that. Like very very into it. And then everybody else would be like, what is happening? What's going on here? Including me. Uh, oh man, that's awesome. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Uh, be sure to check out the Athletic NBA show. Uh, Slam and Jam is back this week, and our guy Trey Kirby is going to come on the show to talk up to answer the question: Are, are the Bulls back? I don't know. Probably not, but maybe. Find out. Maybe this they week. are. Uh, or, yeah, listen in. So, uh, super excited about that. Trey is the man. I'm excited to. Uh, Trey is the man. Trey man. Uh, very excited to uh, to pod with Trey. So, it should be really good. So, look out for that. It should be released maybe Friday, maybe Saturday. I don't know. Everybody complained last time that I released it on a Friday that they would rather have it on a Saturday. So, if you're listening and have a preference, just let me know. doesn't really matter either way to me so i hope you guys have a great great rest of your wednesday and we'll talk to you guys again on friday